Hi, welcome everyone. This is Arisha from Dear Future Soulmate. I'm so happy to be here with my soul brother. And um, the person that I'll be interviewing today is Ken Hampton. We will be talking about the power of pause. Um, and I'll just share a little, a brief bio um, on his story and how we met. And then I'll let him take it over from there. So I met Ken, I think about a year or two ago. And I'm, I'm like, I'm always rendering out on 125th Street or in Harlem. And um, him and his roommate stopped by my table and not knowing that it was turning out so long, like friendship. So um, I'm just going to let Ken dive in and we're just going to unpack some things. So welcome, Ken. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Ken Hampton. Um, I feel so blessed to even be here to speak about this topic. Um, where should I start? So where are you originally from? Um, let's see. I am originally from Texas, the great state of Texas. All um, right. I always, um, I, you know, I'm a Texas, I love Texas. I'm a child of the Alamo. Um, and if you guys are lucky, I may do a hee-haw later on. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, I, I'm from, originally born in Dallas, Texas, um, grew up in Southeast Texas, um, and lived in Texas my whole life, born and raised there up until maybe in my mid-20s, I moved to New York, and I've been here ever since. And now okay. I, I consider myself an actual New Yorker. You can tell by the way I say yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that southern that southern slang. I like it. <laughs> so, um, Ken, um, I, reason why I call you my soul brother or my soulmate, um, because there's different uh, types of soulmate. There could be a healing soulmate, which which you are, and the healing soulmate is the one that um, actually um is nurturing it um it comes they come in at different times in your life right where you need them and stuff like that and it's just divine timing and it provides life and learning teaching moments and just speaking to you um in reference to your life journey and the things that you've encountered and the things that i share and it's so funny because I don't really open up to men that much. And um, being the fact that you are, I, I just believe that you are the epitome of um, what a brother should be like in reference to a covering for a sister. And that's what you are. <laughs> so, um, you know, while talking to you, just getting to know you, um, you've unpacked a lot of stuff and I'm just at awe about your journey and the things that you are still unpacking and and how you're evolving into this beautiful soul. Um, one of the things, uh, what I like about you is um, your unrelenting spirit. You know, you, you don't give up. When things get hard, you still go, you keep fighting, you still persevere and you do a lot of work on yourself, which I really applaud you for because there's not a lot of men that would take the time out to um, do the work and doing work on yourself is very hard. Can you expound on that? 
Um, yeah, I, I will say, I would say this, like doing work on yourself is not fun, but it's, it's very rewarding. Um, I can remember a time in my life where I had, you know, you know, and another thing too, also, before I go any further, is that you don't realize how broken you may be in a situation or how much things maybe have a hold on you until you start doing the work. And then you realize like, oh, wow, this is something that like, I thought I'd let go, but I'm still walking around with this resentment. I'm still harboring these issues inside. And um, I found myself at a place where um, I didn't even know I was broken. I didn't even know I had all these um, toxic behaviors. I didn't know I had these belief systems. I didn't know I had all this stuff that I was just carrying around until I felt like it was a volcano just erupted inside of me. Mm. And I think like when I started feeling that way, you know, I was honestly, um, I knew I had to make a change and I knew I had to like, you know, do work on myself. But I think like the, I think people need to also realize that whenever you start doing work on yourself, that is one of the most daunting things because you have to sit with a lot of your behaviors that you don't want to sit with. Speak on it. Speak on it. That is something that was so hard for me. So I'll give it just like a brief um, in cap of my life right now. And so I'm in. Can you talk up a little louder? I don't know. I can't hear you that much. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh Um, So I'm just gonna give a brief. um, It's a brief symphony of my of my life. Um, so right now I'm in, I'm in recovery. I'm a, I'm an addict and, um, uh, I'm actually hit my sobriety day of two years would be January 24th, which I'm super excited about that. Yay. Um, but, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But you know, the thing about that also, that when you say about like sitting with yourself and, um, sitting in this space of doing work. It reminds me of the first year of my recovery. The first year of my recovery, I would hear people say it's the hardest year ever. And I never understood it because I was like, I didn't, first of all, come into recovery and being sober and understanding and identifying what this new life that I have, what does that mean? How am I going to maintain my sobriety? What does that mean, you know? And actually walking into that first year, I went through so many things that I had to unpack, so many Mm. things that I had to learn so many old beliefs and some things that I said about myself, things that, you know, I allow other people beliefs to be put on me, you know, things I subscribe to, all these things, all this unnecessary stuff that I was carrying on that actually was the reason they called me to use drugs or part mm. of the reason they called me to use drugs. That is what I actually had to unpack. And that was hard because like, you know, the thing about beliefs is like, sometimes we keep these beliefs because they serves us. And when, you know, even if they're good or bad, you know, um but and some and it's hard to really just sit with it and just like unpack those things there was a whole season of my life where i literally was in therapy every week crying out to my therapist just wow. literally bawling wow. tears and unpacking things and things because i also grew up in a house where i was taught within myself that i had to be a certain way i can't just like i can't show emotions i can't you know, wear my heart on my sleeve. I can't be compassionate. I had to have all these things. And I had to be super strong. And I would tell myself all the time, I'm strong. I could deal with it. But it's like, we are not made to deal with things in life. We are not made to just carry all these burdens around 
and just move on. The Bible even talks about that. The Bible says we're not supposed to be characters and casting onto Jesus. That's why Jesus came for us. You know, it's not for us to just literally be walking around with tension and tension. How we can love you? How can we love each other when we full of tension and chaos? You know, that's mm -hmm. that's not what we're commanded to do. God says the the one commandment I give you guys is to love one another. I can't love you if I'm sitting here mad at the world, mad at my my issues that are going on in my personal life. And how I'm going to show love to you. Right. I don't know, but. We, yeah, because I could most definitely agree with you on that because we, we were designed to worship and we can worship God in our through, true authenticity, authenticity when we hold it onto stuff, you know? So my next question to you is, what is it that you do for a living? What's your profession? Um, so right, I am a I'm actually a carpenter, and I feel like God blessed me with the hands of carpentry because I yes, he this brother is truly I, blessed. I, I've seen his work, <laughs> and I am just amazed, floored at his work. I'll I'll put a link where you can reach out to him if y'all need any help or anything. He is fantabulous. Go ahead, Ken. <laughs> I have been a child. I've always loved working outside. I've always loved working with my hands, and you know. I, I feel like that, that is just like one of my callings in life is to be working with my hands. So What's I that? recently resigned from my job, my, <laughs> my place of employment to go more of um, full time for myself. So, so you're an entrepreneur. A, entrepreneur, yes. So yes. this has been, and, you know, the unknown, the trusting God. This is what this is all about this season of my life. You know, listen to him, follow his will. You know, um, not not what is it? Not turning to the left or to the right, but just keep my eyes set on him. You know, like that's what this whole season is about. So I'm excited about it. Um, yeah, I'm just excited. If you guys can see me, I'm smiling right now because I'm really <laughs> so. That goes to say, so you just said a whole mouthful. This is basically what this segment is about: <laughs> the power, the power of pause. So, um. It seemed like there was two instances instances in your life where you initiated the pause button. That was when you know you knew that you were an addict and you needed sobriety. You needed to become clean, and you needed the place where God, you and God, God dwelled. You know, and stuff like that. And then the second time, it seems like what you're saying is when you heard God speak um, that you um, it was time for you to move from off your job. Yes, that is correct. Um, I there was a time in my um, in well, going back to my job situation, um, you know, I never say I'm not a firm believer in just doing things drastically. You know, I think like you always got to present it to God and He'll direct your heart. And I always tell people because people ask me all the time, like, how do you know God is speaking to you? How do you hear God? And I always tell people in my own personal belief is that God is constantly speaking to us all the time. And a lot of people think like sometimes, oh, it's a coincidence, but I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in that's the power of God speaking to us. You know, mm -hmm. either we can either pay attention or we can choose not to pay attention. Either one, he's going to still continue to speak to us, you know. Um, but there is, but when I was getting ready to leave my job, you know, I, the Lord put in my heart in around August that I would be leaving my job in December. And, you know, 
I, I kind of think I was like, man, God, you know, I don't know about this, you know, <laughs> I don't know about December. I don't know if we could do that. You know, I, I was kind of like, you know, nervous because I'm a practical person as well. You know, I like to know what's going to happen. I like to know, my God, you want me to even know December. Like, what's the plan after that? Let's have, let's know at least something, you know. And um, I ended up like, you know, as every month came closer, it got closer and closer to December. You know, I was like, I felt that inner voice inside, keeping it like tugging at my heart. Cause I was, and when I say there was instances all throughout the months of like November, where it was like attacked from the enemy over and over. And sometimes I believe that like, when we're not listening to God, God will allow things to come against us. Preach. <laughs> Preach. But I have to say, Ken, that you have a gift. You have a gift of discernment. And I um and one of the things what you were going back to saying when you were saying that a lot of people don't listen to God, because I one of the please one of the things that I also like about you, um, prayer and meditation is so vital and important for you. And I see yeah. where you you hone into that. You know, and I know we would um, while on this path of you thinking about um, leaving your job, we had several conversations about it and stuff like me. And you were totally not like me because um, I think I had to be kicked out <laughs> of my job. I, I, it was a situation where I just couldn't take it anymore. And I, I just handed my badge and I said, that's it. I'm done. You know, but it was it. I should have done this seven years ago, which I didn't. You know, you you did it within a year or two. I, I stayed in corporate for about seven years, seven years too long, you know. But um getting back to you, I like the fact that, you know, part of part of our problem is that we pray to God and this is the this is the communication, the ongoing communication. So we're praying to God, but we don't sit still to hear what God has to say. And that's another part of the pause, you know what I'm saying? We do not want to sit still with it. We don't want to be patient to sit still to hear what God has to say to us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is so true. Um, I mean, sitting still sometimes, you know, it's like we have so many distractions around us that like, it's like sometimes when you sit still and you try to sit still in the presence of God, it's like the world or all these things or even your thoughts try to just like pull you away. But what I always try to just like tell people, you know, just like either try to like a a quick meditation with God or just like, just think about his grace, what he done for you in your life. And just try to give it at least a couple minutes and you'll be surprised what God would tell you in those couple minutes. You know, you're more than what you probably really needed. You know, like that's the beauty of it. Um, but yeah, I, I um, like going back to um, when I was leaving my job, the Lord kept telling me all, all those things happened like i mean when i say time after time you know morning we had talked about it you know it was one moment i literally had called monique and i just needed a word of prayer and she prayed with me on the phone and she shifted the atmosphere for me because it was so much attack that was coming from the enemy that season and you know in the midst of still going through that god still had in my heart that december would you know be the month and another thing that's really important what i've learned also on my journey is that a lot of times, even when you go to people around you, people that wish you well and people that are family and friends, you have to be careful with, especially when you're going with words of God to them, because a lot of times your journey is not your journey. And as much as they love you, they can understand the perspective only from their journey. And so if God give you a word, 
then that word is for you and not for them. And a lot of times, and I learned it myself because when I was talking to a friend of mine, especially he's a pastor and um, he didn't understand it from my journey, but I knew the Lord spoke to me. I knew I felt it in my soul. I knew I felt what the God was saying to me. And, and I had to tell myself before I allow myself to say, what, how do you not understand or create a form of resentment towards this person? I had to really see myself and say, wait a minute, Ken, this is not his journey. So as much as he cared, he can only tell me from his own journey, from his perspective. So I can't get upset with that because we don't do different journeys in life. Right. So I'm, I'm forcing him to try to understand my journey when he's not, we're not on it. We, we're two different journeys, you know? So it's, I learned that the hard way that you have to sometimes, this is why they say sometimes you have to keep things to yourself, especially when God speaks to you. Everything that God tells you is not for everyone, you know? Right. But what was, com- I like the fact that the confirmation that you got and you didn't even uh, tell your roommate yet. And he was just. I got. I'll tell him. So this is like this is the best part, guys. I um. So you know, as he got into the month of December, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so anxious. I I, like the Lord, and the Lord speaks louder and louder when he comes to what the thing that you're supposed to do. And I thought I could just ride it out and just like, you know, just act like I didn't hear God. But as the month of December came, and he got closer to the time. And I remember I was like, it was so much inside of me. I was so like, oh my God, like I know I have to do this. And I literally started like praying one day and I was like praying and talking to God. And so then I just started quoting, um, keep in mind, I would ask God like, Lord, if this is your will, like show me or speak to me. And he would send me clients. He would give me clients off the back. I would get clients, you know, yes. word of people, people that don't even, like I, a client referred me to somebody else and here I got another client. So, you know, that's another confirmation for him. I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is God will want me to leave my job this this season. And, but, you know, even through the confirmations, sometimes it's still not enough. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, like, are you trying to be like me now? <laughs> I, was, I was actually there, like, in a, a, a brief couple of weeks, I was in there back and forth, like, okay, well, God, I know you see me clients. I understand what you're saying, but also at the time, it's like you know you still want me to do my job like I don't, like you know i mean that's a what about my life you know this is my safety net you know and um so i remember one morning i just started like praying i just went into like prayer and i, I just talked to god and i was like all right god if this is your will you know i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna just like release myself to you and allow you to use me and just follow your plan because i know your plan whatever plan you have for me is a better plan it's a good plan and you know I had already then had like, cause you know, God speak through mediums, through like all types of uh, t- television, you know, ads and everything. So I had, I was listening to uh, a video and I heard something that was really, it's just something ignited inside of me. And I heard the video before and all of a sudden it's just, that line just stuck out. And um, and it was talking about fear and it was talking about being uh, being able to go in and um, on the other side of our, on the side of fear is our purpose. And something I always pray to God every year is that I walk in my purpose, my ordained purpose, whatever he has called for me. Because I tell God all the time that I just want to live for his kingdom and do whatever it is in this world to glorify his kingdom. Like, And so, and I also said to myself, I don't want to go into another year being the same version of myself. I want to be somebody, I want to evolve into a different person, you know, and not allow these things just to come against me. And so here I am, you know, so then I just kind of was like, through all that stuff, I ended up like kind of, one day just getting on my knees and just praying um joshua six and one and it was like 
where God tell Joshua, um, the Israel, Moses just died, and Joshua's about to lead the Israelites into um, the promised land. And um, he tells Joshua to be strong and very courageous, and for I'm your God. And so I just kept meditating on that scripture over and over when the fear and all this stuff, because I was like, all right, God, I'm going to do it. And so when the fear and everything came over me, I would just meditate on that scripture and just kept reciting it over and over. And the funny thing about it, this is why I got to always speak, because that was like a Monday. And then like the Tuesday, I logged into my Bible app to start my like daily morning devotion. And the scripture today was Joshua, be strong, <laughs> courageous. Wow. God. So I said, okay, God. But even still through that, I still was like, okay, this is nice. <laughs> but, you know, God, you actually leave my job, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know? and now I have a roommate. So it's like, I have to speak to my roommate, like, you know, I'm leaving my job. Now, you know, now we got like, you know, what about the apartment? All of these thoughts that start coming into your mind about like, you know, all this stuff, like, what am I going to do? How I'll make this happen? And, um, and then I got to the point where I was just like, you know what, let me just, I said, you know what, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to do it. So I said, you know, whatever it is, it's going to work out according to your plans to trust you. You said be bold, be bold and very courageous. So here I am. I'll be bold and very courageous. And I was like, you're my guy. So I know everything will be fine. So I ended up that day, I ended up like talking to my roommate and I was like, you know, hey, and I had created this whole speech about, you know, what I'm going to do and all these things. And the other thing about it was when I told him, he actually was like, oh, okay. He was like, okay, cool. No big deal. And he was like, um, you're going to be fine. And I was like, I, I said, I know. Thank you. And he said, look at what shirt you have on. And the funny thing about it is I had a shirt that said Nike, just do it. And it's a shirt that I never, I may have, I had this shirt for like five years and only wore it like once. So it's not a shirt that I normally would seek to wear. And the shirt, the fact that it said Nike, just do it. It was like the last confirmation I needed from God to tell me, okay, just go for it. Like, I got you. Like, <laughs> you know, I didn't give you definitely. so many, you so many times. Just go for it, you know. But that that is a true testament within itself, you know. Um, when I was um picking the topics and stuff like that, um, you know, because as this this podcast is about unpacking um, and meeting our soulmate, but before we meet our soulmate, we have to be well within. And being well within is to unpack, to um, to just un- um, to discover, to recover. And I I was saying to myself, you know, um, the power of pause is so necessary for us to start the healing process, and um, when we sit still with our thoughts, you know, it can be a scary place, but when we're ready to do the work, it's not a scary place anymore because one is intentional and two, we're ready to dig in. And three, we trust God with everything that we have. And um, a, a verse came up in my head, um, which is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> So you know that verse, right? <laughs> so it's basically talking about do not be anxious about anything, but be prayerful in everything. And once after we pray about it, leave it alone because it's in God's hands. 
You know what I'm saying? So we have to do our job to know, to trust him that he he has it. He has it in his hands. And when, and when it's the time, when time is ready, he's going to unravel and show us what it is. That's um, that's actually one of my favorite verses. Um, really? Yeah, I like, I love the part about the peace of God. The mm-hmm. peace of God. That like, that right there just shows you that, you know, like, I think a lot of times we don't really, or we don't really allow ourselves to really just dive into that peace. That peace, because we allow our flesh to overtake us, or we just get so caught up with the situation. And we really just don't allow ourselves to just enjoy the peace of God. Right. And I think like, if like, honestly, cause there's times where for me personally, I have had, you know, some situations and, you know, I was like, you know, Lord, I'm just going to give it to you right now. And, you know, I would really walk away from the situation feeling like I was on cloud nine, you know, <laughs> but that's the peace of God. That's the peace mm. of like, I don't know it's going to work out. I don't know what's going to happen, but I literally gave it to you. I literally, like, literally just talked to you, God, about it. I know you're going to work it out. And, mm-hmm. you know, we go into the whole thing about, you know, God, I need to be done this time, but I need to be done today by 4 o'clock when God is like, nah, bro, <laughs> we're not going to. You know, we put in times on time limits on God, but God is like, no, because sometimes is is even for our better that we wait. You know, and that's that's also what I've learned, too, because I was a person that had God on, on a quick time table. I need God, you'd be doing this by three o'clock today. If not, I don't know what I'm gonna do, you know. Mm-hmm. But I have to, you know, that you know, it's also about his timing. And then while you're in the waiting, it's also about the peace that he gives you while you're waiting. Exactly. And you know, I think that is that honestly, I was he I was listening to a preacher earlier today, and he was talking about, you know, we spoke when we're waiting, we're supposed to actually wait with gratitude and joy. Mm. And that Part of the peace right there mm. that is the like allow us to wait whatever we're waiting for that is what we're supposed to be waiting with that gratitude that joy and allow that peace to come in because with all of that we're still able to show love to people when we're waiting and we're like god and we're anxious we're still not doing the commandment god tell us about loving each other because we're too anxious and focused on a problem when we can't even be there for our fellow brothers and sisters Woo! yes <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> And it's and it's that peace of God which transcends all understanding and that will guard our hearts and our minds, you know, and then rest in the sure in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know. So that peace is a lot. That peace is everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's um when we are talking about that peace too, is that joy. You know what I'm saying? The joy, the it's not the joy that we have, is the joy that he gives us. You yeah. understand? So it's, 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 it's deep when we, when we allow ourselves to be used by God, (laughs) he will blow our everlasting mind all the time. And we, you know, sometimes we tend to put God in this little box, but God is not a boxed in God. He is like, whoo, like major, you know, and stuff, things that we thinking about having gray hairs about. He could take care of that situation within a twinkling of an eye, you know, while that's we fretting over it. That's one thing I try to live my life by is that, that we're not on the same time as, as God is, you know. So we may be talking about the issue right now, and God can move in a second. 
one second, everything could change. Everything in your life could shift in one second. So it's like, I always try to live my life by that. But mm-hmm. there was something that you, um, you said that um, when you were talking about the peace and how it, it guards your mind and your heart, so which is so important. When we allow that peace and we accept the peace that God gives us, it guards our mind from the enemy. It guards our mind from the thoughts that the enemy may try to tell us, the fear and all those things that we can't have or we can't do or you know, all these things are going to happen. When you really embrace that peace that the Lord is trying to give you, it really like protects you. It's like a form of protection for you. So it's like, and which is the most beautiful thing to me, like, because when the enemy try to, because as soon as you, honestly, for me personally, or any, well, well, I'll say for myself, a lot of times when I pray to God for something and, you know, I'm asking God for something, you know, here come the enemy when it whispers something in my ear or drops something in my head about like, oh, it's not coming or all this, especially if I've been waiting a while. But when I allow that peace and I said, you know, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to believe what the enemy's saying right now. I'm going to trust in God and know what God, God's plan and know his will. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lean to that. Then I know that that's when that peace comes in the enemy and I try to guard your mind from that as well. Like that's why I find it so beautiful as well. Like the fact that he doesn't just give you the peace, but he also gives you protection at the same time. Right, so, that resting it's stage. Just, it's just like, man, you, you hear how, you just like constantly realize how amazing, how loving God is. It's just like, it just blows your mind just even thinking about that. Like this dude give you a double whammy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Know? First of all, actually, let's unpack that. First, he says, don't be anxious about nothing because I got you. Let it go. <laughs> and yep. then I'll give you peace on top of it. <laughs> and then I'll protect give you, you peace. Like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> seriously, seriously. And, you know, that that devil, you know, when we're out of the will of God, because he said he is the true vine and we are the branches. If we stay in him, you know what that means, right? If we stay in him. Everything can will happen. So, and I, I think about, um, I used to watch uh, the National Geographic Station um, channel. And I would see all the time, like how the, um, the lion would go and he would sort out his prey. And he will always find the one that's detached from the group. He would never come into the group um, and try to come in and try to kill with the group. He always finds the one that is staying, um, that's lingering somewhere else. So if we keep, keep um, being attached to God and, and, and come into that communion with one another, because this is the charge that God has given us also for us to love, you know what I'm saying? Not to hold judgment because it's not our place to hold judgment. It's our place to love. So if we come from a place of love and truth, and and um communion imagine how powerful that would be you know being at that place so uh, and while in the moment until he answers our prayers that he um that we're sitting still you know psalms 23 when it says um he leads us by the still waters he restores our soul he you know and, and we're, we're by the the valley even yeah. while we're sitting by with our enemies he's still anointing us and our yeah. cup is overflowing. So what more, you know? That's so beautiful. That's just, um, that's that's something that you actually remind me when um, when we were talking a while back about um, a couple of situations I was going through. And you actually brought that to light to me about, you know, how God is still there in the valleys, you know? 
Because a lot of times you get so caught up with the valley and so caught up with the situation and the issue that may be at hand mm-hmm. that you don't even realize that God is still here sometimes. God, well, he's still here all the time, you know, not sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it, I when you mentioned that to me a couple months ago, I actually like thought about that. And I was like, wow, that is so true. Like even in this situation right now, that may feel like the world is crashing in front of my eyes right now. The Lord is still here. He's still moving. And even though it may be hard for me to see it right now, he's still operating. He's still creating, he's still orchestrating the plan. Because one, if this didn't come, one is either something that he want to pull out of me, he want to draw me closer, it's some wisdom he want to give me, whatever it is, it's going to make yeah. me 10 times over. Like, so, so now every time I'm, I'm in a valley season, I think about what you mentioned to me. I think about that because it's, it reminds me that no matter whatever situation happens, the Lord is still here. He's still going to be here guiding me, walking beside me, leading me. Yes. You know, even if it get very cloudy in the season, he's still going to be there. He's not going to just abandon us. And that's the beauty of being over. That's the beauty of God, you know. Like, he's unfailing love. He never abandoned. He never leave us. Like, no matter how many times. Because one thing I can say, guys, is, like, I don't honestly know how am I'm literally alive today right here talking Woo! about. There have been so many times from almost near, almost overdoses from, like, just the drug use it's like all this stuff that i was doing to myself because i didn't even know who i am mm. when god she was just telling me and showing me his love and he was still protecting me i i just i just i sit back sometimes it's just an amazing of like lord i just thank you god for just giving me a second chance at life you know for giving me another wow. opportunity to glorify your name you know mm. um and you're healthy too. You are just a healthy individual, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Well, they say don't even look like what I've been through. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> trying to tell you. God has his hands all over you. I'm telling you. <laughs> so how you feel now? Oh, um, peace. You know, <laughs> peace. I feel just amazing. Um, you know, I'm actually also in the midst of doing like more, giving more back to like recovery for people that, that suffer with addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually, um, you guys can cross your fingers for me and pray that I get it. I just apply for just a, a free, a, like a um, internship with a, a company basically dealing with people with drug addiction and being like- a Wow, congratulations. Um, yeah, I'm super excited about it. Cause you know, I, I live both sides of it. And one thing I have to say, like the glory of God and sobriety is just an amazing thing, you know? And I lived that, that life where it was like, I was so broken inside and searching for something and, you know, looking for something and trying to find it and could never find it. And it just, I spent 10 years of my life, 10 years of my life doing drugs. And it honestly, I used to always tell myself when I was, um, when I was a kid, I said, you know, okay, you know, I, I grew up in church. I knew God. I knew God for who my parents and my family told me who God was. But I always told myself, like, you know, I, I'm going to do what I want to do. And when I'm about 50, maybe 60, I'll come back and give my life back to God. <laughs> I guess that didn't work out. <laughs> I, know, I guess the Lord has some other plans for me, you know. <laughs> but here I am. <laughs> 35 years old, a lover of God, you know, and 
that's it you know <laughs> that's right that's right and and look look at the age that you're at some people still not walking in all that wealth and wisdom that you have they still on this vicious cycle so i applaud you commend you and bless you because the simple fact god has his hands on you and more is more shall be revealed you know what i'm saying because that you're his humble servant and that you're obedient that's that's the blessing yeah yeah the mm -hmm. Lord is, it's amazing it's amazing but you know the first time i actually um I actually took a pause in my life was when i um well, after when I was doing like actively using, I kind of realized there was one moment where I really realized that, okay, I got to stop this. Because, you know, sometimes you get caught up in, you know, you just only thinking about yourself and you're not really worried about the family members or people that you're hurting. You just, it's like the drug is so powerful that you just, that's all you just end up chasing, you know? And I had got to a point where I was in my doctor's office and my doctor was asking me um, about, um, getting me some items for my drug use. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, um, I was like, wow, my doctor's asking me saying I could come here and get this stuff. And I just started thinking like, whoa, Ken, you come from Texas. This is not, you not come to New York City to live this kind of life. God did not create you for this, you know? And he did not, you have a purpose on your life, dude. You're not supposed to be out here doing the things that you're doing. And that was one of the first moments where something was activating inside of me. And then um, in the midst of that, uh, I ran into, and I always believe that God sent his angels to kind of guide you back on course. And I, I ran into a friend of mine who I said was an angel in disguise. And um, I was, a couple of days later, I was out and I was out drinking and I ran into this friend at this um, event and he invited me to come to church with him the next day. And I was like, uh, church, you know, I haven't been to church in a while, you know. <laughs> but I decided to go and I went there and um, it was, it was, it was honestly one of the most, I, I call it my day of infamy. You know, the day of infamy is when it's like where you met God, where you have the encounter mm. with God. And so I, I'm at this church and, you know, I'm so resistant in New York City? being in the church in New York City. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I was so resistant about the church. I did not want to be there, but I was there because my friend invited me and we sat to the back and um, the, there was this, this lady out of nowhere just came to me and told me to come to the front for prayer. And I told her, yeah, yeah, I'll come. But I figured I really wasn't going to come. So, but you know, the Lord would convict you. He would put you on your spirit to go to the yes. front. And so here I am at the end of service, they calling people to the front for prayer. All of a sudden the butterflies in my stomach started getting to me. And so then my friend was like, dude, do you want to go? And I was like, so nervous because by this time I, I really hadn't talked to God in years of my life because I was doing drugs and all this other stuff. And so I didn't really know how to be in the presence of God. And I felt so much shame, so much guilt, everything, you know. And my friend was like, oh, well, I go up there with you. So we go to the front and I get to the front and I'm holding everybody's hand in prayer. And all of a sudden, I really felt like the Lord came down from heaven and wrapped his arms around me. There was the wow. guy that was holding my hand. He, he 
was holding my hand and then he took his hand and put his hand over my heart. And I just started ball down crying. This tears wow. coming and coming. And in that brief moment, I lost track of time. And I just remember just my eyes being closed and I just felt like the presence of the Lord was just wrapping around me and telling me everything was gonna be okay and that I'll be fine and then how much he loved me and that I was worthy. Like mm. everything I told myself that I wasn't mm-hmm. in that moment was telling me what I was that I was at, that I was worthy that I am loved that I'm not just anybody I'm somebody I'm a person I'm valuable you know and mm-hmm. you know I just and I I think that will always be my in my mind because that is embedded in my memories because of in that instance I knew what God loves feel like I knew what the love that he commands us to give to each other I know what it feels like when I say when he, when even if you, even if your parents, my parents are divorced, and I grew up in a, and my grandparents raised me, so I grew up in a broken home, and I had a felt abandonment issues, and in that moment, all of that stuff, God was like, no, I'm I'm your all right now. Whatever you didn't get when you was a child, whatever your dad not been in your life, all of, I'm everything for you right now, and wow. that in it was just like so beautiful for me, you know. Um, and that's why I try to give people that same love that I felt in that moment to everybody. Mm-hmm. Wow. You, um, I have to say you are the epitome of love. You exemplify it just by your walk alone. And, you know, you're doing great things. Like I said, there's more, more shall be revealed, you know, um, while on this journey. And, you know, your ministry is will be touching to everybody. And sometimes when we ask ourselves, why, Lord, why us? But why not you? You know what I'm saying? Because your your testimony is your ministry, you know, or your ministry is your testimony. So it, it and um, I always like to look at it and like to look at people. No shade, no judgment, because <laughs> we are not here to judge. We 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 don't even need to even even have that in our in our mind because of the stuff that we if we really take inventory of ourselves. We don't need to be there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We need to diligently keep doing work on ourselves. So, there, you know, there. it's it's um, it's the brotherly and sisterly thing to do to um, bring people into the fold, into the kingdom and just share, just love on them. Because you don't know what a person might be going through today or in their days and stuff. And, and, you know, I, I always say, God, thank you. Forgive me. Um, I don't want to be at that place where whatever I say could be detrimental to that, to that person and that they might just think about ending their life because of the things that I said, you know, so, you know, I'm only human. I could, um, <laughs> I mess up, but, um, I try to keep on track, you know? Yeah. That, um, reminds me of, um, I heard someone say before that a lot of times we ask God for forgiveness for ourselves and we ask God to forgive us, but we don't, we sometimes forget that some of the things that we've been asking God to forgive us, when other people do it to us, we can't forgive them. Right. So it's like just constantly like renewing yourself to him and just saying like, you know, you have to really sit with yourself and that's, that's where that pause go in at, you know, you have to be like, wait a minute, you know, I, I, you know, I'm over here, this person did this to me, but you know, and it was an issue, but I did it to somebody else, and I asked mm-hmm. God to forgive me, but I refused to forgive the other person who did it to me. You know, that's why it's important exactly. to pause. 
yourself. <laughs> yeah. Most yeah. definitely. Most definitely. Well, this There's is good a, talk, yo. This is good talk. <laughs> There's one more part. There's a quote that I saw by Deepak Gopher. It says, um, this is the key to life, the ability to reflect, the ability to know yourself, the ability to pause for a second before reacting automatically. If you can truly know yourself, you will begin your journey of transformation. And that is like, for me, I think that is so true because once you, that pause is where you learn yourself. That pause is where you figure out who you are because that pause is where you sit with God and, you know, you go through things and you you learn about yourself. Because a lot of times we walk around with identities that the world gave us, not who God gave us, you know, and love won't tell us who we're supposed to be versus who God says we are, you know. So it's important to, like, sit with that, sit with God and just, like, you know, hey, God, you know, like, like for me, another thing about me also, I used to be so into tattoos and piercings and I started doing gauges in my ear to stretch my ears out. And another one of my friends asked me, why aren't you stretching your ears out anymore? And I was like, well, that's not me because that wasn't me. That's what the world told me I need to be. That's what I thought mm-hmm. I had to be for certain people. So I'm not doing that because that's not in alignment who I am. And mm-hmm. that, that version no longer, that, that version no longer serves me. That's not who I am. So I'm not going to participate in things that that version of Kim would have done. So me stretching my ears out is not my thing. Not saying it's a bad thing, but it's just not me. Mm-hmm. I hear you. So this was a beautiful conversation. Le- huh? Yeah. I said that's something I learned about in the policies in my life. Wow. Wow. So can you really unpack a lot because of the poor seasons that you were in? And it's just so funny how God is using you, calling you higher. In, in ministry because of you allowing to um, become um, allowing to initiate the pa- the pause button you know um, and that's a good thing um, I clearly see that you're a healthy person <laughs> even if I didn't know you I would see um, I would see health I would see wealth and I will see prosperity and growth because of your shine and it's not from outside but is that you did the soul quest. You did that journey. So it's in that light that it, um, illuminates from the inside that's coming out from the outside. So you are the beacon of light. <laughs> you know, you're that beacon. And I commend you on your walk and everything and your journey. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I mean, you're I quite welcome. Appreciate, I, I appreciate it. I just appreciate people like you, Monique. I've told you before, like, you just, you you just a ray of sunshine. Oh, thank <laughs> like, you. The epiphany of kindness, you know. Um, you, everyone that I've that I've know that have met Morni also says like how beautiful soul she is, how amazing she oh. is, all of those things. You know, I already told you. I feel like in a Bible, you remind me of Deborah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I received that. I'll take that for as a compliment. <laughs> That's to make me cry. <laughs> a powerful woman, very powerful woman. You know, uh, thank you. It's just powerful and loving at the same time. That's the beautiful thing of it. You know. 
Thank you. Um, yeah, um, I had to press the pause button too because I, I realized that um, the older that I'm getting, um, my soul wasn't getting fed. <laughs> and I don't want to be a play because, you know, when our body dies and it withers away, our soul is eternal. So I don't want to be that mad, angry black woman. <laughs> So yeah, I um I had to um do some soul searching and stuff like that. And it's just so funny how God will reveal people that needs that needs to be in your path and stuff. And we we have long conversations and stuff like that. And just through you, I get my healing and stuff. And I'm I'm just amazed by your age alone with that almost all that wealth of knowledge that you have. And it, there is hope. <laughs> I just put it like that. <laughs> Yeah, I'll put it just like that. That's like the beauty thing about it. Like God will definitely send people in your path. That's like I say your destiny tribe. That's like ordained to be in your life. That's why it's important to make room for people. For people who are not supposed to be in your life, know who for you and who's not for you. Because when you right. have people in your life for you, then you may take enough space for the people that are for you to come into your life. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And it's so funny that you say that because um, when you're detaching, you're manifesting. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So you have to detach to manifest certain things. You can't just manifest things and still keep some things. You got to make room. Just like what you said, you got to make room for, for, for the new stuff to come in. It's like when the Lord tells you to clean out your old. Uh, mm-hmm. make room That's exactly yeah. what Exactly. Most definitely. So you have any um, words of wisdom for these guys out here that um, that's on a soul quest? Um, I will honestly say, you know, just start the process of it, no matter how daunting it is and how, like, you know, demon it may be as far as, like, it's so much work. Just start it because what I can say, like, once you start unraveling things and start going through the process and like unpacking things, um, you'll be you'll start seeing the, the change. There was a moment in my in my um, journey, especially when I was um, my first couple months getting sober, and um, all of a sudden I looked up and I was like, wow. I have a different life, mm. a complete life. But it was also because of like I was going through the journey of everything. You know, um, one thing again, I can always say, even if your journey is not within sobriety, whatever the journey is, um, I'm a super fan of like therapy. I'm a mm-hmm. fan of like the right therapist. You know, um, mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, sometimes we say things doesn't bother us, and we still walking around with things. You know, like. And I think that that those are things that you can just it's like you add more things on top of that, and then before mm-hmm. you know, you taking time off. So I think like for me, and these are tools that I use in my own sobriety, and maybe you can use it within your daily practice, whatever you choose to do, whatever like you may be struggling with. And that is one um, prayer meditation, prayer mm-hmm. worship meditation. Exactly. There's no way you can start your day 
without giving thanks to God and spending time with him. I have tried it and I'm telling you, I feel like my day is just utterly chaos. I swear, I feel like I waste coffee on myself. I feel like everything <laughs> just happens. <laughs> I do not spend time with God, you know? So I'm, like, I'm like, oh Lord, I'm gonna waste coffee today. Let me go spend time with God, you know? <laughs> but um, like prayer, meditation, and worship is like the foundation of it. It's just something about like just putting your trust in God you know, in the morning time and setting your day. And, and I think in the mornings, that's where you get that peace, that peace that's going to guard your mind. Because now the things that try to play your mind or the things you got to worry about, even throughout the day, like speaking to the Lord about your day, what you have to go, what, what task you have at hand, asking God to help you get the task done for the day. Those are things that like allow that peace to come in and not the anxiousness and all, you know, everything and trying to like, oh, I got to do this, I got to do this, you know, rushing, all of that, you know. Um, so I usually do that in the morning, like I'll spend my time with God. And then also like therapy, you know, if you, if you need a therapist, you know, I would definitely say if you question if you need a therapist, you maybe probably do need a therapist. <laughs> so and that's, let that's, me ask you, how would how would one go about looking for a therapist that suits your need? How, how did you go about looking for that therapist? Well, that also, it therapist. Well, the thing also with my with my therapy is that um, I was so anti therapy too because I was anti therapy um, because of I I I didn't hear you morning. I'm sorry. Okay, I asked. The question was. How does one go about picking that therapist, the ideal therapist? What was the downloads that you got to say, this is the therapist for me? Because not all therapists are made, are created equal or suits you. Oh, well, you know, I was, my rule of thumb is that you actually follow, find a therapist that you kind of like just looking at the credentials can identify with. So, mm -hmm. but even with still, honestly, I would say it's either, it's trial and error. When you go mm -hmm. to the therapist, you, you'll see from the way that the therapists interact in their, their language, if that is mm -hmm. somebody a good fit. I do not believe in keeping a therapist that's not a good fit for you because you're just wasting your time and money. That's right. And, and so I can say for myself, I didn't hear you, Monique. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm listening to uh, you. Um, I... I didn't um, actually, like, I actually went through, like, three different therapists before I found the right one. And mm. because I don't believe in staying with a therapist just to have a therapy, because if you just go into a therapist and say you got therapists, you're not doing no work on yourself, or you, you go in there and it's just, like, a kickback session, then it's not, it's not, what's the point of even, like, going and just wasting time versus actually, if the therapist is not helping you go deeper and, like, unpack the things that you need to unpack in yourself to seek the healing that you need to heal, then is I would say get a different therapist. You know, is is no never no harm in just switching therapists. Never feel like you're obligated to stick with a certain therapist just because they're your therapist. You can always switch your therapist. Like that was one of my things because sometimes it creates this anxiety of breaking up with your therapist. But no, if you if I'm sorry, my therapist is not servicing me and it's not helping me go deeper within challenging myself, then no. 
I'm not gonna stick with you. It's not because at the end of the day, it's all about the healing that I need in order so I could, could be whole and I can do the work on myself. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. And I know the devil try to come in and and um, try to interrupt our session right now because we are New Yorkers <laughs> and stuff like that. But welcome to Harlem, right? <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, trying to tell you, can't have it no other way. <laughs> but um, I, I thank you um, for your time that you uh, shared with me and everybody else. Um, your time is very valuable. And I I'm, thank you for dropping the words of wisdom. And in closing, from Healthy Lifestyle Solutions by Sunaya's Wellness and Dear Future Soulmate. Um, I love to extend and wish everyone health, wealth, love, peace, grace, and prosperity. Stay well. By the way, guys, yeah, Ken. Oh, say by the way, guys, if you guys want me to come back, inbox Monique and tell her you want me to come back. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Of course, yes. No, we will you. have you on again. All right. All right. Take All care. Right. Later. Peace. Later. Okay.